We're going to talk about a development that happened earlier this week. There's been some pretty good news on the oil price front for our province. Uh, it's up. Yesterday it was trading somewhere around 75 bucks, which is its highest level since about 2018. And of course, whenever that happens, it means billions of dollars added to the bottom line in our province. Now this week, OPEC met to talk about setting new production limits, you know, the means of regulating supply and thereby manipulating the price. But those talks broke off without an agreement on Monday. So where do we go from here? Let's get some insight. We're going to chat now with David Yeager, who is a consulting advisor to oil service executives and energy policy analysts and writer. Uh, David, thanks for joining us. Appreciate your time. Uh, good morning. So this impasse at OPEC on Monday, um, what happened? What's the story there? What, what, what caused the breakdown? The flaw with OPEC, and this goes back decades, has always been uh, quotas. What share of the pie do I get? I mean, the whole the whole point of supply management is the world can only absorb uh, X amount of barrels from OPEC, and uh, and therefore the OPEC members have a very complex formula, a geopolitical formula, based on how much uh, what their share would be. So what happened was uh, was two years ago. Of course, uh, uh, the fact that there's disunity in OPEC is hardly new. It's been at one time Iran and Iraq were you know in a shooting war with each other back a while ago. But in March of uh, last year, two the two leaders in uh, in OPEC, uh, Saudi Arabia and Russia, of course, were in a, con- a race to the bottom. They had a, a very public fight about who could produce oil the cheapest. A month later, after the lockdowns, sanity prevailed, and they all got together and pulled 10 million barrels a day off the market. The issue this time is they had a two-year deal in Abu Dhabi, which is a growing OPEC producer. They've got uh, undeveloped reserves. Uh, their 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 formula, their share under the OPEC uh, formula allotment quota was set in 2018. They've put a lot of money into more production. So the, the current agree- agreement that was tabled this week um, that was rejected by Abu Dhabi was that we would uh, we, we, we'd stay where we'll hold the course until the end of 22. And Abu Dhabi says, no, we want to revisit the quotas in April of 22, not the end of 22. Okay. So that is, the, that is the technical explanation of the, of the disagreement in OPEC. Compared to past disagreements, this is quite minor, but it is unsettling, and that, combined with a number of other factors, has had a negative impact on the price. Well, I mean, whenever you inject uncertainty into any of these kinds of markets, that's the worst thing you can do, right? When we don't know exactly what's going to happen tomorrow, all these markets get a little bit spooked. I had the opportunity to uh, interview, uh, meet uh, Dr. Sobroto, the Secretary General, General of OPEC at that time from Indonesia, and he gave me these words, and these take-it-to-the-bank words. The only thing certain about oil is uncertainty. I said, well, boy, I learned a lot from that. <laughs> but that was decades ago. And there's a lot of other twists in this, too. There's the COVID outbreaks. I mean, Japan has just changed the rules again. There's the U.S. dollar. The strength of the U.S. dollar is always a problem. And, and so there are a whole pile of moving parts on the oil price, of which uh, the OPEC non-decision or the OPEC kick the can down the road um, uh, is, is one of many. And so it, it's really too bad. Uh, just to, but in terms of prices, I went and checked the checked the files this morning. I looked at Western Tech, West Texas Intermediate. There was a couple of months in uh, in 2018 uh, where the price slightly got just just almost average 72 bucks for the month, which is where it is this morning. These are the highest prices in seven years. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're not hurting that bad. I mean, it's just such a vast improvement over the past five years oh. that. Uh, and and, and if, anyway, so so uh, I think this will be all right. So 
Okay, so what do you expect to see? I mean, are we just going to ride this out then until their next schedule? Are they having any more talks, or are we looking at 2022 now before they get back around the table? Uh, looking at the trade press, uh, Russia's uh, trying to talk some sense into everybody. Okay. I think in the end what happens is is, is the meetings are very public. Uh, when they don't work, it's all very public. Uh, but they, they're they continually talking to each other, particularly Saudi Arabia and you uh, and Arabs, I mean, they're neighbors, right, <laughs> in the Gulf. Mm-hmm. And they've been working together for some time. I don't believe that the uh, you know the EEA's uh, uh, request is unreasonable. Uh, based on increased production, but the, this is always vacillating. You know, the, the, there's Iran, there's an OPEC, an on again, off again, an OPEC member. Their their oil may come back on if they uh, renew the uh, if they drop the sanctions in the U.S. as they talk about the nuclear program. There could be an outbreak of peace in Venezuela. There used to be a big OPEC producer. Yeah. Their their production's down to a fraction of what it was. Iraq has got tremendous uh, to, uh, increase uh, uh, production increase potential if if you could go there and. And figure out who runs the place, and so this is—it's always dynamic. Um, it's just that we, you know, it's been just so great to, to watch the oil price go in the right right direction for so, for the last nine months, and in Alberta, and the pressure it's taken off oh. so many in the community and the oil patch and the oil service industry is just great you hate to you hate to wreck the party but reality is looking back decades there's so many moving parts to this right. the good news is is the the five year drop in development is is the, the the macro factors i think still work in oil's favor if you look at the growth in demand and the recovery of the economy which you may be set back briefly and you look at the future uh, the future supply uh, i think in the in the long run looking out a couple of years i don't see anything like the price collapse as we've seen uh, last year or in 2014 nothing like it well that's good to hear that's good to I, hear I mean, uh, so well I, you know you're feeling pretty good about where we are uh, it's just so much better than it used to be, and that's I guess that's the advantages of being at this for a while. Is, is uh, <laughs> the other the other aspect of Alberta that doesn't get anywhere near the credit it deserves is the price of natural gas. We had a, we had a real problem with the price of natural gas in the summertime in Alberta just a couple of years ago, where some days it went no bid. The eco spot price was zero, right? And now it's uh, it's on the right side of three bucks and holding really steady. And it was really natural gas that powered the turnaround in the in the nineties in Alberta, and there's LNG project. And I think they're going to finish this thing. So we're, we're you know, not, not the one-trick pony we were, I guess, is on, on just oil. We, we tend to focus on oil because mm-hmm. it's on the front page every day. But the, the gas business is just fantastic compared to how, it has, how it's been for the last few years. Well, there's some good news. I appreciate it, David. Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do this again. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, appreciate it. Have a great day. You too. Bye. That is uh, David Yeager, who is a consulting advisor to oil service execs. He's an energy policy analyst and writer, uh, seeing some good um, indications for oil and gas in the province of Alberta. And as he said, prices are higher than they've been in a long, long time. 